Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. Excited to be here with you one more time. We're in a series called Doors. And listen, 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 this series is popping. <laughs> I'm really excited about it, really, because I've been getting a lot of testimonies from people who have been ministered to by this series. And so do me a favor. If you haven't already, go back, go to listen to listen to the, the first message, Automatic Doors. That's two weeks ago. Listen to last week's where we talk about revolving doors. Um, I believe the Lord is really in this message, and He's really conveying some powerful truths of the Word of God concerning doors. Doors represent opportunities. They represent transitions. They represent thresholds. They represent just something that God is putting before you. And so today, I want to pivot just a little bit. We're going to get back to speaking about different kinds of doors next week. But I want to talk to you today about what do you do when the doors seem to just not open? Have you ever been in that situation where you're before a door and it's not opening and it's frustrating? And maybe it's something that you've prayed about, something that you desire, something that you want, you know, and you're just not understanding why isn't this door opening? Why am I not getting my breakthrough? Why is this opportunity not happening? Listen, I think we can all, we can all relate to that. We can all relate to a moment or a season in our life where we've wanted something, we've prayed for something, we've desired it, and yet it just doesn't seem to be happening. The good news is this. The Bible has plenty to say about this. The Word of God has plenty to say about what to do when the doors seem to be closed. And so I want to go in the Word of God with you right now. I'm going to start at Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 22, and I'm going to read from verses 20 to 35. So we're going to do a little bit of reading here. I hope you can follow along. Verse 20 says, And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to you, Rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. All right? And the reason why he went, he, he went with the princes of Moab is because the king of Moab wanted Balaam to curse the people of God. He said, listen, I want you to come and see these group of people. I want you to see what they're about. I want you to give, pronounce a curse over them. He recognized them as an enemy of, 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 the, of the Moabites, and so he sent his princes to Balaam. He says, I want you to curse him. So Balaam was about to go, and God said, listen, you can go, but make sure you only say what I'm telling you to say, all right? That was the only requirement. Verse 22, then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now, you may be confused by that. Why would God be angry? God told him he can go, right? He just said, listen, just make sure you say what I'm saying. Well, the reason why God was angry, and you'll see this if you read on, the reason why is because you get the understanding that Balaam went, but he really wasn't determined to say what God was saying because God had to remind them again later on. So God saw his heart. God saw that he was going but he was really going just to be honored by the king of Moab because the king of Moab gave him a promise. The king of Moab said, listen, I, I want to honor you. I want to send you money. I want to bless you. I want to do whatever, whatever I need to do. Just curse these people for me. And Balaam was so eager to do it because he was like, okay, I'll, I'll go. So God knew 
that Balaam wasn't really about to give the word of the Lord. And so now he's met with some doors. He's met with some resistance. So let's look at how this looks like. Okay, so God was angry with Balaam, and he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. And I want to stop here because this is what the Lord showed me. Many of you, when you come against a closed door, you become irritable, you become angry, and you begin to strike the people that are in your life. You become people with, you, you become a person of a bad attitude. Uh, you, you become dismissive, cynical. You blame people. And this is exactly what Balaam was doing. Balaam is now upset at this donkey because this donkey is able to see something that Balaam isn't able to see. God allows this donkey to see the angel. The angel has a sword drawn. Donkey ain't stupid. I mean, I know we're known, we're, we know that donkeys are supposed to be idiots or, or stupid animals, but this donkey wasn't stupid. He understood, if I go straight, we're going to die. And so what did he do? Let me get off the beaten path here. Let, 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 let me go around. And what did Balaam do? He begins to strike this donkey. And I want to ask you a question. How do you respond when doors are closed? Do you have an attitude? Do you start striking people? Are you, are you cutting with your words? Are you not a pleasant person to be around? Is it possible that doors are closed and you're taking it out on people around you? And this is exactly what Balaam was doing. He struck the, he struck the donkey. Um, let's start with verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, so he struck her again. Again, we're talking about closed doors. This angel is before this donkey, before Balaam, preventing him from moving forward. He's thinking, hey, I'm going to go forward. There's an opportunity for me to speak a word. There's an opportunity for me to, 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 to be honored by the king of Moab. This is where I want to go. And he keeps getting he keeps getting uh, uh, hurt. He keeps getting pushed aside. And now he's upset. And the second time this happens, what does he do? He strikes the donkey again. So I want to ask you, how do you respond when doors are closed? What do you do? Are you, again, striking the people that support you? Are you irritable? Do you have an attitude? Are you unloving? And this is exactly what happens when people have doors in front of them. They become not so pleasant. And that's because you don't have a revelation of what's actually in front of you. God used this donkey, and this donkey had a revelation of what was actually in front. Balaam didn't have that. All right? So let's read on again, verse uh, 26. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. This is three times now. First, the donkey goes off the path. Balaam takes, takes his anger out, hits the donkey, get back on the road. Donkey goes back on the road, okay? Now the angel is a little further, but tries to give a, a more narrow uh, a path. So what does the donkey do? 
tries to squeeze right between the angel and the wall, and in the process, Balaam's leg gets crushed. What does he do? He strikes a donkey again. All right? Angel goes further. Now he's in a very, very narrow. There's no place to go left or right. The donkey says, all right, there's no place for me to go. He sees that there's a closed door. He lays down. And now Balaam is upset. And again, I want to keep asking that same question. How do you respond when the doors just seem to not open? Are you getting an attitude with people? Are you cursing people? Are you not a pleasant person to be around? Are you irritable? Do you, do you disrespect people? Are you cutting with your words? Are you unsupportive? Are you just not pleasant because you're frustrated that this door is closed? This is exactly what Balaam was going through. Well, what happened? Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, verse 28, and she said to, to Balaam, what have I done that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, you would think that Balaam would be like, whoa, wait a minute. Something, there's something miraculous is happening here. Like, this donkey is speaking to me. <laughs> but Balaam is so, so in his feelings, he's not even aware that something supernatural is taking place. You're literally having a conversation with a I'm going to say it just like that. <laughs> think about that. That's what a donkey is. And you're talking to a donkey, and you don't have the wherewithal to say, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I'm the donkey. Maybe I'm the, something, something is wrong here. Something is not right here. Something, something is not right. What does he do? He begins to have this full-blown conversation, not even aware that it is the Lord. And I want you to know something. Are you before a closed door and you're frustrated at everybody, frustrated at the world, angry at this, angry at that, and you're not even taking time to realize maybe the Lord wants to redirect you on something? And this is exactly what I want to really show you. What did the donkey do? The donkey didn't just press forward. The donkey lay down. And a lot of times when we are before a closed door, we're pressing forward, we're going to the right, we're going to the left, even, even if it's hurting us, even if our legs are getting crushed, even if we're striking the people near us, we're determined to go forward. The donkey said, enough is enough. I'm just going to lay down. And I believe that the posture of worship is what we should do when the doors seem to be closed before us. And he's having this full-blown conversation. He says, because you have abused me, I wish there was a sword in my hand for now, I would kill you. Speaking to the donkey, still not realizing this is actually a God moment. And when you're not in the spirit, you'll have arguments all day long, not realizing that this is a God moment, that God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to reroute you. He's trying to refocus you. And the beautiful thing about it is that the door, it's not that God didn't want Balaam to go. He said, you can go. But the reason why the door was closed is because Balaam, was in, his, he was intending on going with the wrong heart, with the wrong motive, with the wrong message. God was okay with him going through that door. He was okay. He opened the door. He says, you know what? You can go, but I can see, whoa, you're going with, with an agenda that's not part of mine. That's not part of my agenda. So now I got to have roadblocks before you. And isn't it the case that God, we often look at God as the one who's saying no. 
no, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. No, you can't go here. No, no, that's not my will. But the reality is God, I believe, says yes more than he says no. He really does. But the reality is, is that sometimes his yes requires us to have his agenda in our heart. So yes, you can be married. Yes, I want to prosper you. Yes, I want to do all these wonderful things. Yes, I want to open up these doors. Yes, yes, and yes. But I want to make sure that when you go through those doors, you're going with my agenda. I want to ask you, are you going with the agenda of God? Is your agenda rooted in the will and the glorification of Jesus, or is it rooted in your own ego, in your own pleasure, in your own namesake? That was the problem. The door wasn't the problem. God told Balaam, you can go. But God was upset because as he was going, he was determined to give his own word and not the word of the Lord. So what do you do when the doors are closed before you? Do you lay down like the donkey and worship? And I don't think the donkey was literally worshiping, but what did the donkey do? Lay down. He came to a point where the, the donkey came to a point where he realized there's nothing for me to do. I can't go left. I can't go right. I can't go around. I'm just going to lay down. And I think that's the place where you hear the voice of God. Instead of fighting and pushing and, and, and forging, and you know, there's a time for that. There's a time to be aggressive, and we'll talk about that in the, in the, in the weeks to come. But sometimes you have to have discernment. You have to have, you have, to have a, a revelation in your heart. Wait a minute. This is a God moment. God wants to speak to me. And if he has to use a donkey, so be it. And this is what he's doing. While Balaam is fighting with this donkey, having a full-blown argument with an animal, he's still not realizing. I mean, imagine if a donkey began speaking to you. I, I, I think you would be like, whoa, wait a minute. God, what's going on? Balaam doesn't even realize that. He just, he's just so upset. He's just so in his feelings that he's having a conversation with a donkey, saying, if I had a sword, I'd kill you right now. That's what the flesh does. The flesh puts you in a place where you just are so blinded and you can't even see a God moment. So let's read on. Verse 30, so the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours? To this day, was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. That was the response God needed from him. He fell flat on his face. Many times, the doors are closed, and we want it to be open. And I'm telling you, many times the Lord is like, yeah, I want to open it. But sometimes it requires us to fall flat on our face. It's at that moment, it's at that moment that the doors open and we walk through with God's agenda. Let me tell you, God is a liberal God. One of my favorite examples of this is the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. He said, guys, you see this garden here? Of all the trees and the fruits, you can freely, that's the word that's used, you can freely eat everything. It's all yours. It wasn't like, well, 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 don't touch this and only this on Tuesdays and make sure you stay away from that on Saturday and, 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 and this whole section here is mine and, you know, you can only be, no, he says, you see it, you can freely eat. He says, this is just one tree here. I don't want you touching. 
But everything else, you can. God is saying yes, but you gotta have His agenda. You gotta have His agenda, and the way you get His agenda is that you fall flat on your face and you worship, and that's exactly what He did. And Balaam said to the angel, verse thirty-four, the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Check this out. He says, okay, God, if you're, if you're upset at me leaving, if you're upset and, 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 and I should not have gone, I'll go back. But again, that's not, that's not what God's problem was because God could have said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, go back. No, but look at what God says. He says, then the angel of the Lord said to, to Balaam, go with the men. Go with them. You can go, in other words. I don't have a problem with you going. I'm going to actually step out your way. You can actually go. But then he reminds them again of what he said in the beginning. But only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. That's the key thing I want you to hear. God, many times, will have a door in front of you that seems to just be a stubborn door, a door that just won't open. And it's not that God doesn't want to open it. It's not that God is like, I don't want you going through, and I just want you to be frustrated. No, I want you to go through, but I want you to go through with my agenda. And here's a place that you can pray. Lord, I want to go through the doors that you've opened, but with your agenda. That's a beautiful thing that you can pray. And I believe that if you pray that, more doors will open for you. Glory to God. Let me, let me move on a little bit. I believe this is blessing you. So if you're writing notes, I want you to know that worship positions you to hear the next move. When the doors are closed, that's the place that you need to start worshiping. We should be worshiping all the time, of course, but particularly when it just seems like the doors won't open. That's the place of worship. Why? Worship has a, has a, has a way of shaping your heart, shaping your, your motives, shaping your ambitions, purifying your thoughts, your intentions. That's what worship does. It brings you to an alignment with heaven. And you'll see that when you get into a place of worship, and this is what worship is, worship at, at its core is exalting God's will above everything else. See, Balaam was going with the intent of his own will. God said, I can go, I'm going to go, but when I go, I'm going to do my thing, right? So again, it wasn't the going, it was the intent of his going. And that's usually the difference. Sometimes we look at God as God as he's opposed to this, he's opposed to that. He doesn't want this, he doesn't want that. No, a lot of times these things are good in and of itself, but it's our agenda behind it, right? So what's the fix? Worship. Worship aligns your heart. Worship, falling on your face. Lord, truly, I want your will manifested. This opportunity that's opening, Lord, I want it to glorify you. This door that's opening, I want it to lift you up. This, this thing that you're putting before me, Lord, I want to be sensitive to how I can best represent you. That's the thing that causes the doors to open. Glory to God. I'm, I'm excited about that. Let me, let me share a few things with you concerning open doors. Worship, as you know, is, is not just singing and, and clapping. It's, it's, you know, prostrating your heart before the Lord. But worship, you'll even see in the book of Acts, is the thing that also opens doors literally, like your voice. You know, there are doors that open 
their voice activated. In other words, you step before the door, these high-tech doors, these high-security doors that can recognize and distinguish your voice, and you realize that literally worship opens those doors. I'm thinking of Paul and Silas, who was worshiping, praising God, singing praises in prison. What happened? The doors automatically opened, but it was, it, the doors opened out of a response to worship. It was the worship that prompted those doors to open. So what do I do, Pastor Ernst, when those doors don't seem to be opening? I want to come back to that that very question. What do I do? What do you do? Well, you worship. You stop beating people up. You stop accusing people, blaming people. You stop taking it out on people. You stop having an attitude with people. You stop being unpleasant with the people you live with. You You stop being irritable, right? And you start worshiping. And that's what causes those doors to open. Glory to God. I want you to write uh, uh, this down if you're taking notes. There are certain doors um, that will be closed to you. And those doors, as I was reading in the Scriptures, are doors that were once open in the past. And I'm going to show you a portion of Scripture where Paul tries to go back to something that once worked. Have you, ever, have you ever tried something that once worked and it doesn't work anymore? You know, you try to go back to something that you're comfortable with. You try to go back to something that God even did. And God is like, now that was cool. I opened the door before in this way, but I want to open up a new door. And I want to share with you um, a missionary journey that Paul was going on. And I'm looking at Acts chapter 16, and I'm looking at verse 6. And it says, now when they had gone through Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. They were forbidden. Think about this. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, that's a closed door, to preach the Word in Asia, to preach. So, sometimes doors can be good, but God is like, nah, I don't, I don't want you preaching in Asia. I mean, you would think you don't need to hear from God about that. Like, surely God wants me to preach everywhere. He says, go into all the world. Last I checked, Asia's part of the world, <laughs> right? But God was like, nah, this door, I'm closing. Okay, what happened? After they had come to My- My- uh, Mycia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Think about that. They're like, okay, we can't go to Asia, so let's, well, let's go here. And the Holy Spirit's like, nope, this is another closed door. Now, if you study the missionary journeys of Paul, you'll see that this is where he went the first time when he started establishing churches. This was a door that was once opened. And so he thought, okay, hey, let me go back to these churches. Let me go back to the path that I preached at before, the the, the path that I took. Let me go back and visit those churches that I once established. And God was like, no, I want you to do something new. So sometimes doors are closed. It's not because they're bad. No, they could be good doors, but God is saying, I want to do something new. Stop going back to what's comfortable, what you've done, what looks familiar. Maybe this is a time, maybe this is a season where I want to put you in uncharted territories. I want to put you in a place where you're not comfortable. I want to put you in a place where you don't know the people in the room. I want, I want to put you through a door that you're uncomfortable. And so this is what happened. So verse 9 or let me, let me read at verse 8. So, passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. 
a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So Paul gets a vision. Isn't that amazing? So he wants to preach here in Asia. God is like, no. He wants to preach here in Bithynia. God is like, no. What happens? Then he gets a vision. And in this vision, he sees a man waving. Come here. Come to Macedonia. We need you. We need you. Right? Immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is an example of a closed door. It's a good door. It's a door to preach the gospel. But God was still closing it because God wanted a new door to be open. He wanted the gospel to spread even further. And I believe that a lot of times we play it safe. I believe a lot of times we go through the same doors because we're familiar with the room. We go in that room because we know it's in, we know it's in there. And God is like, no, I want you to go through a different door. You know, it's like the price is right. You know, the price is right. I don't know if it still comes on or not, but, you know, one of the things about the price is right is that you have to sometimes determine whether you're going to accept a prize that's being offered to you right here, right now, or they'll say you can have whatever is behind door number two right? And then the crowd is like, ah, go with door number two. Or some people say, ah, stay here, you know? And what happens? That's, that's, it builds up the, the excitement. And if you choose to just accept what you have, you know, what, what do they do? They show you what's behind door number two, right? And a lot of times, that's the, that's the picture. You're going to know what you have, but God is like, listen, there's a door number two that I want you to, I want you to leave this and go and get what's behind door number two. So I want you to know this really quick, that you are going to be put in positions, pushed by the Holy Spirit to open or to go through open doors that lead to unfamiliar territories. I'm hearing the Spirit of the Lord tell me to tell you, go through it. It's the Lord. Hallelujah. Go through it. Man, <laughs> my time is winding down. Let me just share a few things with you concerning this. Um, Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. You know, there is a place where you knock. There is a place where you're persistent. In fact, I'll tie it up here, Luke 18. Jesus gives a parable. He says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? And that's the place that I think we, we sometimes miss it. Sometimes doors don't open. It's because we give up too soon, right? We give up too soon. We give up that posture of worship too soon. We give up that posture of praying the will of God too soon. And this is why Jesus said what he said. I'm giving you this parable so that you do not lose heart. What depth do you have in your heart? Do you have the capacity to wait, 
not not just not just be sitting there frustrated that something happened and saying, you know, it's been a year, it's been two years, I've been waiting for this for two years. I'm not asking if you've been waiting. I'm asking you, have you been praying and being patient in the spirit? Have you been growing while you're waiting? Have you been enduring and enjoying to some degree the growth that God is forcing you to go through? Because anybody could wait forever. That's not, that doesn't impress God. How are you waiting? Are you worshiping? Are you in prayer? Are you in faith? And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, this woman, though she wearies me, you know what? This is what the unjust judge said. Because she's going to weary me, let me answer. Let me do what she's asking me. And Jesus says, listen, how about your heavenly father? Won't he respond to your cry, you who are crying day and night? And he says, let me tell you, he will respond speedily, speedily. So why are doors not opening? Is it because you're giving up too soon? Is it because you don't have the posture of worship and praying? Is it because you're not knocking? Are you taking, it, are you taking your frustrations out on people instead of falling on your face and worshiping and allowing God to purify and clarify your heart and allow it to align with His vision and His agenda? These are the things that unlock doors. And I want to speak that over your life. May the doors unlock for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe that you're blessed by that. I wish I had some more time, but I want to close out inviting you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, he's pulling at your heart. This is a time where you ask him to come into your heart. This is a time where you yield your heart to him. Would you pray with me and say this, Father, today I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I receive him as Lord. Receive me in Jesus' name. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the grave. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, you are born again. You're saved. You're a Christian. I want to help you walk this new walk. I want to help you grow. Stay with me for just a couple of minutes. I want to show you how you do that. God bless you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.